it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Today, Monday, April 13th, 2020. We're still in the middle of quarantine. It's a sad, sad day. Uh, R.I.P. DeVaris Jackson, R.I.P. Cat's mom. Start things out a little bit right there. But joined once again by Kyle Thacker. Kyle, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for having me on. Hey, we're glad to have you back once again. Um, you know, last night we finally had a live sporting event. It was the NBA horse contest. I don't really know if I'd consider it a sporting event. Um, just kind of kind of t- touch on it real briefly here, quickly. Um, first off, I honestly can't think of a more boring competition. I mean, Trey Young shot a left-handed free throw probably about eight times in a row. I mean, I don't like Mike Conley had an indoor gym. All these other people were outside on some ranky outdoor basketball. I mean, it just seemed so poorly put together. And like, literally, only Zach Levine was doing interesting shots. I was very bored, and the only reason why I watched it is because I mean, what else do I have to do at this point? Yeah, I mean, half the people are freezing cold outside. Like. You're not going to go around and throw up crazy trick shots. I mean, it was definitely a better idea than actual, uh, you know, performance. So it was it was tough to watch. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Plus, Mark Jones kept asking all these questions, and you could even tell, like, like the people, like Chauncey Billups, literally kept on, like, basically saying, "I'm not really trying to do this right now. Like, let's get this competition over with." I mean, you could you could tell, like, even him and Trey kept complaining about the. Uh, wind and everything being it was raining on Paul Pierce and he looked like he just didn't want to jump fall and hurt himself so well yeah that's also because his bones are brittle and he's about 400 pounds now he was moving like a daggum dump truck out there it was hard to watch <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't need to get the wheelchair like they did in game <laughs> six after right. he missed that reverse right. <laughs> well anyway Move to uh, events that actually matter. So on Friday, Brandon Cooks was traded from the Houston or from the uh, Rams to the Houston Texans in exchange for a twenty twenty second round pick. Enough. They also sent over the Rams a fourth round pick for the twenty twenty one draft. Um, just to touch real quick here on the trade and kind of my opinion. First off, it basically pretty much so. AJ Hoffman, he's a analyst for he does ESPN Radio for Houston, does some gambling stuff too. But he basically said. If you look at the Hopkins trade and the Cooks trade as one big trade, it's a massive L for the Texans. If you could already come to grips with the massive mistakes that was already being made and look at Cooks as being here versus going, versus going into the season with what we they had, it's not bad. I mean, I agree with him that Cooks definitely helps the team out and makes it better from what they have at the Hopkins thing. But at the end of the day, they Cooks has a massive contract that you basically overpaid to take on. And on top of those reasons there, I mean, you literally traded to Nuke Hopkins for less than Stephon Diggs when he's, Diggs is probably the 15th best receiver in the league and Hopkins is the first. I just feel like that at this point that Bill O'Brien's just done so many stupid things and realistically, even if I think it is a trade that makes the team better at the same time, I think that he's already started to tear the locker room apart and I mean, Deshaun Watson's going to be a free agent here soon. Um got older guys like J.J. Watt and everything. I feel like everything's falling apart here for the Texans fast, and I just think this is more beginning of the end. Yeah, um, it's tough to watch this happen to Watson mainly. Um, I mean, Brandon Cooks, I don't think anyone's denying he's a, he has the potential of being a huge game-breaker. Um, you know, he's, in his past, he's been, you know, a big threat guy, which... It seems like that's what Houston's trying to bring. It's just a bunch of speedy guys to run down the field. And, 
you know, have Watson throw these, like, deep, deep passing routes, like, posts and goes and stuff like that. But I really, it's hard for me not to look at the Rams for this. I know it's it's very easy to, you know, just keep harping on the Texans because, I mean, no one knows what they're doing because, I mean, it's hard to see. But I really like what the Rams are doing. Um, they're not messing around with this rebuild. They're really dumping off all the guys that have expendable contracts and the guys that they don't really see in their future. Um, they've been able to keep on, like, hold on to their franchise guys. You know, whether or not Jared Goff is a guy, that's beside the point, but he's on a contract. Aaron Donald's not on a contract. So, I mean, they've got their guys locked up, and they were able to, you know, basically clean house other than that. Um, And I I just like that because it it really allows them to kind of do the same thing they did when Jared Goff came into the league. Now they have all the opportunities, you know, next year, the year after, to make some moves and really bolster that squad instead of holding on to an average, mediocre team. So I really like that move by the Rams. I mean, obviously it's a good move by the Rams because they received a second-round pick for a guy who's (laughs) kind of – who a lot of people think has, you know, played his best game. So I mean, Cooks is only 26, though. He's he's definitely young, and I'm not going to say he doesn't have the ability to turn it back around, but, I mean, I've only seen him decrease – and as a guy, that's but I mean, small. it's also you know as Jared Goff's play goes down, which I mean, see, I agree with you in the fact that I think Cook's still a good player and he can have a good season. It's just overall for Houston, just the arc of how they did everything, you know, looks bad. And I just feel like that when you're Deshaun Watson and the going gets tough this season, are you really going to be able to want to go dig deep and find what you know what I mean? I feel like that when the you know what I mean, like I feel like the motivation isn't there for them to play for Bill O'Brien. The players are upset. Here's my thing: they already have Brandon Cooks on the team. His name's Will. Fuller like I don't understand why mm-hmm. they needed another guy that that plays exactly the same way that gets injured just as much like I, I just don't get the move I mean obviously you need to fill someone in there because Watson's got to have someone to throw it to you gotta have some kind of depth but if your depth are all injury prone guys and I mean, what are we talking about here so I mean I, I hate the move but I feel like I'm that's pretty much a unanimous yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like you said, for the Rams, it's a great move. The Rams traded for Jalen Ramsey, and they said that they intend to re-sign Jalen Ramsey. So, I mean, they obviously had to fill it, re, to, you know, space out a little bit more cap there. Yeah. But, yeah, the Rams, you know, they lost so many first-round picks through all these trades and draft picks and everything. It's time to go out and build them up. And, I mean, there's nothing better than dumping off salary and getting a second-round pick, which is actually very valuable for this team. So, I mean, as a fan, you got to love that because mm-hmm. you don't want to see your team hang around in mediocrity with, you know, players. Like, I mean, I'm a huge Cowboys fan, and I feel good about our offseason moves, but at the same time, it's like we're going after these old veterans, and it's it's like, okay, maybe it'll work out, but if it doesn't, we're just hanging on to the same mediocrity. At least you can, you know, respect the Rams for just starting it all anew and going for it again, so... 
You know, I like it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, too, Jared Goff, you got the beginning of his career where you go all in on the young rookie quarterback to win it all. Now it's kind of like he's developing into that veteran, so once you put the whole team together around him, he'll be hitting his prime and his stride as a veteran, which is, you know, kind of another interesting way to look. And same thing with McVay, too. It's kind of like that young coach, Sean McVay, basically said that he can help you, you know, win – and that you saw what he can do and how high you can take your team to. Now it's time to put you know the veteran team around him, the young players and everything. Throw him that you know that team that he builds up from the ground up. So yeah, no, I agree. It's weird to see on both sides, but let's jump into the main part of the podcast now here. And it's time, guys, for the mock draft. I mean, the drafts what eight and eight days away? And yeah, ten days away. Ten days. Next okay. Thursday. Yeah, next Thursday. So, I mean, we're really we're knocking on the door, guys. I mean, I'm just excited as y'all are. Uh, more so next week, all of my draft bets ready to go. But let's go ahead and start it here. We each have our own mock draft, and we're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit and talk about them, each position, each pick. So, number one, first pick. I mean, I assume we both have the same pick here, and that's Joe Burrow, QB, LSU, going to the Bengals. Yeah, same. Um... It's pretty self-explanatory for me. I think he's the best, the the most valuable player in this draft. Um, I don't think he's the best player, but I think he's the most valuable player. And number one, Bengals need a QB. So I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. I mean, I think Tua. I'm not going to get into who I think is better between the two of them, but I mean, I think if you take Tua here, he can't survive behind that Bengals offensive line. I mean. Tua and, and Burrow, to me, are head and shoulders better than Herbert, so I don't even consider that a conversation. I mean, if you took Jordan Love here, you don't deserve to be an NFL franchise. Bengals need a QB. Go to the hometown kid here, Joe Burrow. Um, number two, uh, I do think the Redskins could possibly trade this pick. I mean, they've said pretty much that they want to stick with Haskins. Um, I think he needs offensive line help, but I don't think it's the right time to do it. I think you have to take Chase Young. I mean, he's an absolute game wrecker. He's going to be the next big-time pass rusher like Donald Garrett. You know, more of an edge guy, J.J. Watt. I think that's who he reminds me the most of is Watt. I think he's going to wreck games like that. Who do you have going here at number two? So this is my uh, – I'm pushing the chips all in on this one. This is my uh, – I feel strongly about this one. I feel like it's pretty original. I haven't seen a lot of people, you know, uh, thinking the same thing here. I think the Dolphins are going to trade up right here. Um I think the Redskins have too many holes. They need more picks, and the Dolphins have plenty of them. Um, and the other thing is, you know, whether the Redskins want to move on from Haskins or not, say they do pick Tua, um, I don't see how that's any different from the current situation they're in. Their, t- their roster is terrible. Like, they need skill players, and they need skill players bad. And so... I really think the Redskins are going to trade this pick to the Dolphins, and I think the Dolphins are going to go get Tua. And I like that pick because the Dolphins have the roster. You plug Tua in, and all of a sudden they're a team that can compete, and they can definitely compete in that in their division that's so different now. And I really think it's up for grabs. So I, I think it would make sense if the Dolphins went and got him just because of all the moves they've made. So, I mean, it, it's definitely uh, – 
kind of throwing it out there, but I think it's definitely possible. I agree with you that it's completely possible, and that's why I was telling you that I put a little a little pizza money on Chase Young to go over two and a half picks. I mean, realistically, I don't think picking Chase Young is the right move here for the Redskins. They might think it is and make it, but like you said, I mean, this Redskins team I think is the worst team in the NFL. I think I think Haskins sucks. I don't think drafting Tua would make them any better. Just like you said, I think they need to go ahead and fill everything in. I more so just don't like picking predicting trades here because it's very unpredictable. But I mean, also yeah. Tua gets plugged in with the Chargers. You know, instantly he's got Keenan Allen, he's got Mike Williams, he's got uh, Hunter Henry, he's got uh, Austin Eckler. I mean, that's a that's yeah. a, that makes that team a borderline playoff team again with Tua in there. If, if Tua is there at six, I think it's a no brainer. Yeah, but are the Chargers going to be willing to trade up? They don't have the picks that the Dolphins have. So yeah, we'll see. See, the Dolphins could go ahead and, and give you two first round picks in this draft and move up. And if I'm they the Redskins, first round, yeah, pick. yeah, yeah. If I'm the Redskins, I mean, it's a no brainer here for me. Um, number three, I have Jeff Okuda, corner from Ohio State, going to the Lions. The Lions um, trade. They lost. Um, I can't remember which Slay. corner. Yes, Slay to the um, so the Seattle, and then I believe, and then their Slay went to Philly. Or yeah, Slay went to Philly, and then who do they trade midseason to to Seattle? They traded one of their sa- they traded their safety. I can't think of his name right now. He was good too, but they traded him as well. So I mean, there's a lot of holes in this line secondary. There's a lot of holes in this line team in general. But I mean, Jeff Okuda also. I mean, when you look at his stats, they absolutely jump off the page. He had no pass interference or holding penalties all last season. I watched Ohio State play a lot last year, and this guy is an absolute shutdown monster. I think that the Lions here taking him at three is smart, and I think he's the best corner in the entire draft. Okay. Um, yeah, I like Okuda. I think he's definitely a top ten guy. I because I have the Dolphins trading up. Um, I think it's kind of one of those deals where yeah, the Lions do have uh, defensive line help. They went and got some guys in free agency, but I think that they value the talent that Chase Young brings. Um, yeah, they already said if Chase Young's on the board at three, they're taking him. I mean, he's too good, and he's a franchise player. You mm-hmm. don't pass up on that every day. You know, Regardless of your holes, you need to pick the guy that's going to be there for five, ten years. So I have Chase Young going there. Yeah, you know, like if if he's on the board there, if that trade happens, I don't see any other way to say. By the way, it's Quandry Diggs that they traded to Seattle. Uh, so yeah, yeah, so they have a lot of holes in the secondary. But I agree, if Chase Young's there, you're foolish not to take him. At number four, I have the Giants taking Isaiah Simmons, linebacker from Clemson. I mean. There is no other way to say it than the Giants' defense has absolutely been atrocious the last two years, and I think taking Simmons will definitely help with that 4-3 speed in the middle. He's very versatile, too. I think getting that speed on that defensive side and getting a linebacker who's excellent in pass coverage Mm. is huge in the NFL nowadays. I mean, the Giants need to keep on building on that side of the football. I think Simmons is the best pick for them here. Yeah, I haven't haven't thought about Simmons going there, but, you know, as a guy that watches a lot of NFC East football, I... I, I would think that would be a good trade for the Giants. Number four here, I have the Giants going O line. Um, they desperately, they desperately need to protect Daniel Jones. I mean, he got sacked just as much as any other quarterback, and he's terrible with holding on to the ball. So I mean, the more he gets hit, the more he's gonna fumble it. So I have them going O line. I have them going with Kai Becton right here. Um, Becton's kind of a guy that, you know, I mean, he's a monster. You know, he's got all the um, 
he's got all the stats to stack up, but he's kind of a guy that's come on late, you know, ran that incredible 40-yard dash. Um, but he has all he has the the body, the frame and He's got the potential. Um, I think he's got the highest potential out of any O-line guy in this draft, and that's why I have him going here over a guy like Tristan Wirfs, who he's probably the easier pick. He's probably the more dependable mm-hmm. pick. But I think that Becton's ceiling is higher. So uh, right there, I think you kind of want to go with the most athletic guy, especially in that system where you got you know, a very, very shifty running back coming out of that backfield. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely don't think that's a bad move there for the Giants either. I mean, this team, this team's definitely more than one player away, but yeah. either either O line or, or linebacker, I'd say, would be their two biggest needs. At number five here, I have the Dolphins taking it Tua from Alabama. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory here on this one. Dolphins need a QB; they can't really move forward with what they have right now at QB. They're pretty much QB away, so I think the Dolphins go ahead and get their QB right here, and they get everything else he needs later on in the draft. Okay. Yeah. So now, if you remember, I have the Dolphins and the Redskins trading right here. Mm-hmm. So this is a Redskins for me, and I have them going out and get getting Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia. Little bias coming from a Georgia fan, but the Redskins, if they're gonna get a quarterback, like I feel they should in next year's draft, either going after a guy like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields then I think they have to go and make sure their O-line is stable first and foremost because we've seen too many times when quarterbacks have terrible lines and they don't play well. Imagine if Haskins had a decent line. He may not be awful like we think he is. He may, I mean, I still he don't think he's good, but... I mean, you've got to have an O-line for if you're going to have a rookie quarterback. And I think it's smart to bolster your O-line in the first place before you get that quarterback. So when he comes in, he's feeling good, ready, confident. So I've got uh, Andrew Thomas going here. Yeah, if the Redskins have that pick, I'd 150% see O-line in their future. So you just you know you just can't really take an O-lineman when Chase Young's on the board. It's too foolish. Agree, agree. Number six, the Chargers. Um, I've ju- them taking Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon. Do I think Herbert does? Would I take Herbert at this spot? No, but I've just been told the Chargers like him. You know, he's a West Coast guy. I think Herbert still has a lot of potential and everything. I just don't. I just see him force too many throws when he's at Oregon. And I just felt like that he didn't take the games over the way you wanted to. I felt like it was more so the run game, and he just complimented him. I think he's more of a game manager than a, than the guy who's going to take the game over for you. I think if you know he's 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 mobile, he can actually run around a little bit. But I just don't really think that Herbert's going to be anything better than the twelfth best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he'll ever. I mean, maybe he'll get you to a playoff, but I don't think he's going to get take you anywhere that you want to go. So, the way I see this, I also have Herbert um, for similar reasons. You know, I've just heard that the Chargers like him, and it just kind of makes sense. I don't know where else they'd get a quarterback, or, you know, it just seems like that's their plan. Um, I compare Justin Herbert 100% to Mitch Trubisky. I think they're very similar players, which... (laughs) I agree. If you're a Chargers fan, you don't want to hear that, but... The two things that I have not only seen but heard 
consistently about Herbert is one, his anticipation is not on par with an NFL quarterback. He doesn't anticipate throws like he should. Um, and I don't know if you recall the guy named Philip Rivers. He might be one of the greatest anticipators ever. You know, he's throwing he's throwing passes to guys that they haven't even made their cuts yet. And I mean, at, and a lot of times it got him in trouble. But in the NFL, you have to be able to anticipate at some point. And the other thing is he cannot improvise. He's very, very mm-hmm. good, like you said, as a game manager. When everything, when things unfold the way they should, he does really well. But when things start to break down or not go his way, consistently see him either, like you said, try and force things or he's not able to make a decision. So I... I think that Herbert goes right here, but I also I don't think he's you know going to be a game wrecker by any means. Yeah, and like you said too, in games where Oregon was able to run the ball on teams, Herbert had good games because he's just sitting back there picking the team apart. But in games where they couldn't run the ball, I mean, especially the Arizona State game, Arizona State was getting up there, stopping the run, putting pressure on Herbert. He was just forcing. You could tell he's just blindly throwing it in there and throwing interceptions or passes that should have been picked. So yeah, I don't. Herbert's going to have a tough time, I think, in the league. Um, number seven here I have the Panthers taking Derrick Brown this pick makes way too much sense to me the Panthers lost six of their nine top tacklers this upcoming season they lost um they lost uh, Gerald McCoy and two other defensive linemen. Um, I think that Derek Brown is probably the best defensive tackle in the entire draft. I mean, I I would kill for him to be on the board in the Falcons picked, but I think that him going the Panthers here is very logical. Yeah, and I, I have the same thing. Uh, yeah, Derek Brown's a monster, and the Panthers lost both their D tackles to <laughs> to free agency. So. I think Derek Brown just makes too much sense. I I almost convinced myself to have them getting Okuda right here. I think Derek Brown's too easy right there. No, I agree with you completely. I mean, I feel like that's the one pick that everyone has on their board. So, I mean, if the if everything plays out the way that it probably should, I think that's where he goes. At number eight here, I have the Cardinals. So, originally, before all of the free agency and everything happened, I thought for sure, I mean, Jerry Judy goes here 100%. But now that they've traded, gotten new Hopkins, and everything is good there on the wide receiver part, I think that Jedrick Wills Jr. from Alabama goes here. I mean, he's just a big old boy. He's a beast. He can move around on the runs. I mean, he did a good job protecting Tua for the most part. I mean, these Alabama offensive linemen, they pump him in the NFL like it's nothing. I think it's a very safe pick of a guy who's able to go in there and help this Cardinals team win now. I mean, they're in a position where they're trying to push for the playoffs and make make this team good while Kyler Murray's young. I think protecting him is a smart investment here. Yeah. Um, once again, I also have Tristan Wirfs. Um, or you have, you have Jedrick Wills. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have Tristan Wirfs going here. Um you know, either or. I think Tristan Wirfs is a guy that um, he's, a, in my opinion, is a little bit better at pass blocking. Um, I think he's a little bit more sound technically. So I like I like Wirfs right there. Um, but for the same reason, you know, you want to protect your quarterback and you got game breakers on the outside. So, I mean... The more protection you can get, the more possibility of big plays. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, these linemen to me are pretty much interchangeable in these spots. Um, at number nine, I have Tristan Wirfs going there. I mean, like you just said, they're pretty much all interchangeable. So, I think that the Jags absolutely look this. At this point, I don't really think the Jags. It's worth it for you to draft Jordan Love right here. I think that's a very foolish pick. I would much 
rather. I mean, there's still a very high chance Jordan Love busts. If I were the Jags, I go ahead here and get protection. Maybe see if Jardner Minshew is a better second year, and if he's actually a quarterback you want to play with going ahead. If he's not, what do you know? You went 3-12, and 12 and you're in the top three next year in the NFL draft, and you're probably going to end up getting Trevor Lawrence or um, Justin Fields. So at the end of the day, I don't think the Jags can go wrong here with offensive line. Yeah, so I actually have him going and getting Okuda. Um, I think that that may have been part of the reason that they traded Ramsey in the first place. Um, you know, why sign a guy to a max contract when you can just go get another first-round guy in the draft? Um, you know, granted, he'd, he'd still have to be there at nine, but I like Okuda right there. Um, I could not imagine them going quarterback, maybe trading back and getting more picks. But still, I mean, Love is not a first-round guy, and even if he is, he's kind of like a Lamar Jackson scenario, in my opinion, where you take a chance at the end of the mm-hmm. first round, maybe. But uh, I couldn't top ten, absolutely not. So yeah, I like Okuda right there. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think it's. I think Okuda's got a good chance if he's still on the board there. I had him going all the way at three. I mean, I agree with you, though. They lost A.J. Boye, and you lo- and you turn around as well and lose Jalen Ramsey, like you said. I mean, you got to do something there. So I could definitely see that happening if he's still there. Number 10, I have the Browns going with, uh, going with your boy from Louisville. I just felt like that, you know, he's going to fall a little bit down the board. I mean, not as much fall down the board, but I just would rather take those sure thing offensive linemen than yeah. go out and get the guy, you know, because there still is a chance he could be that Greg Robinson, you know. I'm, right. I just am a little hesitant to take these guys that just shit all of a sudden, you know, like you kind of know who they are, and then they just show out at the combine, and you're like, oh, you know, like you don't want to have that John Ross overreaction, and that's what I feel like this could be right here. If you take him that soon, that's why I'd probably wait till now, then if I'm the Browns. I feel you. You know, for every John Ross, there's a Byron Jones, though, so mm-hmm. you never know. Um, so, yeah, here at uh, at 10, I have the Jets moving up a spot. I think that they kind of get antsy right here. Um, you know, I, I don't know if uh, it's necessarily a have-to, but... I still think that OBJ is not staying in Cleveland. Now, that may not be, you know, this offseason, maybe next offseason. But regardless, I think that the Browns could go wide receiver. Um, I think the Jets are going to want to make sure they get their hands on Jerry Judy. I think he's the best wide receiver in this draft. And the Jets, they need a number one wide receiver probably more than anybody else in the NFL. So... While yes, I think uh, I think that's a stretch. I I would totally agree that it's a stretch. I'm I'm kind of banking on some things going down. Not necessarily between now and the draft, but maybe between now and the beginning of the season. So we'll uh, we'll have to see on that. You may have to come back and yeah, give me a be, freezing cold take. Yeah, it could be crazy if Odell winds up the following year playing for the other team in New York. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be that'd be honestly would be crazy. I could definitely see it. You probably know he wants out of Cleveland. But um, number 11, I have the Jets taking Jerry Judy. I mean, you literally just went through it. They even lost Robbie Anderson. They already probably had the worst receiving core in the league. So I think that it's a no-brainer. The Jets take a wide receiver. And Jerry Judy is, in my opinion, the next Julio Jones. He's the next all-time great. I mean, I think him and CeeDee Lamb are almost inter- interchangeable. I'm taking Judy over a CD, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Um. 
So now I've got the Browns here at 11, uh, and I have them going out line. I've got them taking Jedrick Wills here. So like I said earlier, you could really uh, pick a couple guys right here, switch around some O-linemen, but, you know, I just think he fits well in this system. Um, and the, the Browns need to get back to playing with – seven guys on the line when they have when they have two tight ends it's it's remarkably different how much better baker is and you know you can you can kind of do that when they went out and caught austin hooper and now they have two tight ends so you finish that lineup and you've got you've got, you've got a bulldozer for a front line right there for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt so yeah I mean there that's a lot that can happen I think that the biggest thing for the Browns is taking the pressure off of Baker and off of OBJ and putting it toward their running game because I mean OBJ he's always been a guy that you know he may not get 12 15 catches a game but he could have five catches for 150 yards so you know, you want protection in a system like that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Browns bulking up on the offensive line would be huge. I mean, they went out and spent the big money in free agency. They went out and got another tight end. You know, like like you said, I mean, this is going to be a run-first team that has Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. out wide. So the Browns, honestly, could be loading up here for a huge season. You know they're going to get Miles Garrett back at some point, who helps a lot. So, yeah, I think, I think it's no-brainer for the Browns to go with the O-line. Um, number 12, I have C.D. Lamb going to the Raiders. The Raiders didn't have Antonio Brown. I think they really hurt their offense. I think anyone who thinks the Raiders are going to use the 12th overall pick right here and Jordan Love is absolutely crazy when you can pick again at 19 and I would bet you if you if you want to give me a call I'll bet you any any amount of money you want that Jordan Love will still be there at 19 so I think the Raiders would be foolish to use that pick on that I think you got to go CD Lamb I mean I really think if the Raiders had Antonio Brown they would have made the playoffs in the week AFC last year now there's an extra wild card spot I think you go out and get CD Lamb with the with the changes they made on that defensive side of the ball as well and I think the Raiders are a playoff team yeah, I I mean, I have the same thing. I think they have to go receiver. C.D. Lamb is by far the best wide receiver still on the board. Um, so I agree. I think they go C.D. Lamb right here. I, don't, I really can't see them taking anything else unless he's not on the board, so... Yeah, it'd be crazy. I mean, these receivers are good enough. I could see them going in the top 10. I just think these other teams have too many needs that need to be addressed before that. Um, number 13, I have my third wide receiver in a row going. The 49ers acquired this pick from the Colts in the DeForest Buckner trade. I have them getting Henry Ruggs the third. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. Debo Samuel's still young, but it looks like he's emerging. If you put this other speedster out there with him, Marquise Goodwin will be back as well from injury. That's a scary, that's scary wide receivers to go along with Jordan. Kittle in that run game. I think that the 49ers will be have a better team this year than they did last year, if that's as crazy as that sounds. And Ruggs is going to be the start of a lot. I mean, I think we'll even see him returning kicks for this team. I think they'll use him in a lot of different ways. I like him going to the 49ers here. I mean, imagine what Kyle Shanahan could do with that speed. What Look what he did with, with Taylor Gabriel and Ruggs would leave Gabriel in the dust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a... That would be a crazy pick. Um... I think that they definitely could go wide receiver right there. I think I just uh, I went a little different route. I think that if the 49ers want to maintain the the team they have and 
you know, continue to uh, improve. Um, I think they go back and fill in that hole they just lost. I think going Javon Kinlaw right here would be an absolute shocker because their D-line's already so stacked and they could fill out other positions. Like you mentioned, wide receiver. I think they could go and get a defensive back as well. But I just think that, you know, if you have a head and shoulders better defensive set than anybody else in the NFL, it automatically gives you such an advantage. And, you know, if they could have another first rounder on this on this line after losing a first rounder, it would it would be huge. And I think I think Kenlaw could be, you know, one of the next big interior line defensive linemen. So I think that would be a crazy pick right there. Yeah, Ken Law's an absolute freak, and y'all hear why I'm hoping that he's on the clock in a couple picks later in a minute. But, I mean, if the 49ers got Ken Law here, I mean, that would be actually insane. So, I definitely agree with you. That would definitely be – honestly, I think I might like that more than I like my Ruggs pick there. I mean, thinking about what Shanahan could do with him, but thinking about how good that defensive line was, and if you put an even better defensive lineman on there is also pretty scary. I mean, like you said, football is one in the trenches. So, yeah. But I'm going to stick with Ruggs going there at 13. Number 14, the Buccaneers are on the clock. Um, They just recently acquired old man Tom Brady at quarterback, and you know he's not going to be too mobile back there. So I'd go Andrew Thomas, offensive lineman from UGA, to protect Brady. I think the pick makes a lot of sense. And I mean, you got to go win now if you're the Bucs. They've used so many picks in a row on that defensive side of the ball. It's time to go ahead and bolster the O-line. So, yeah, I I also think they're going to go O-line here, but I have them going Josh Jones just because uh, we're we're running out of O-linemen at this point. Uh, (laughs) I've got – I've already had all those guys going. So – but Josh Jones, I think he's the next best guy, and I I completely agree with you. you got to protect Brady. I I think there's better players on the board on my board. Left, I mean Isaiah Simmons. I think is yeah. He's still there for you, right? Yeah, now. I still got him hanging around. I think they could go and possibly bolster that defense. It's already an incredible defense, uh, underrated defense in my opinion. And if they went and got a guy that they could, you know play around with a little bit maybe kind of scary you know they have the linebackers they don't necessarily need him but I think he could go right there but I'm gonna stick with Josh Jones yeah no I definitely I mean like you said we just used used all these offensive linemen over, <laughs> yeah. and over and over again so there you go um the Denver Broncos pick at 15th I think there's a couple of, of needs they could address but at the end of the day they've kind of gone all in around winning for Drew Locke and quite frankly Gordon Sutton's going to need some help out on the edge and I would go get Justin Jefferson wide receiver from LSU to help him out he's been climbing up draft boards I mean he went off in the national championship I mean this guy was literally just running down field catching those balls from Burrell see he's fast he's explosive he can go get it I mean he's these wide receivers in this draft are unbelievable I I think Jefferson makes a whole lot of sense here on the Broncos. Go get another weapon. Yeah, and I, I, I don't disagree. I think that would be uh, – I love Jefferson. I think he's going to be such a good pro. His hands and his ability to go get the ball are second to none. Um, I, I do want to say, though, I mean, this is the deepest wide receiver class we've had in a long time. It could prove to be the, the best receiver class and. I mean, in recent history. So 
I think that the Broncos could wait and go and get a wide receiver in the second or third round and still be okay. You know, they'd have to draft well. You know, you can't miss. But I have them going C.J. Henderson right here to replace Chris Harris Jr. Um, I like that pick just because, I mean, when you think about the AFC West, you got to be able to – I mean, you got to be able to stop the pass at some point. I mean – Mahomes is just going to be thrown all over you. So, I mean, you got to have some kind of defensive backfield. And I think C.J. Henderson is kind of a steal here at 15. I think he's going to be a great pro. Yeah, I agree with you. He's going to be a great pro. That's why. And actually, I have corner. I said either corner, O-line, or receivers, what the Broncos are going to do. That's why, though, here at number 16, I almost took, took C.J. Henderson. But I feel like if you're the Falcons... Your number one problem is you can never get to the freaking quarterback. The Falcons can never get to the quarterback. And this right here gives them a great chance to be able to get to the QB. I have them drafting Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle, South Carolina. I mean, this guy's an absolute freak of nature. I guarantee if he had played on Alabama or one of those other blue bloods in the SEC that he would be being talked about as maybe even going before Derrick Brown. I mean, I think this is a gift if he's still on the board here for the Falcons and a gift you can't pass up. So, I think the Falcons desperately need a cornerback. Um, I can't really see them doing anything else. Maybe I, I, I could see them going into your line. Initially, I thought they could go edge rusher. Um, mm-hmm. That was before they went and got Dante Fowler. Um, I think they're, they're probably content with what they're going into the season with. They'll probably add a mid-round guy, I would say, on you know as far as pass rushing goes. But... Here, I think they'll go corner, and I have Christian Fulton. Uh, I think he is has only gotten better um, through his time at LSU. He, I mean, you look at the stats, you look at the tape, he's only improved you know, year to year, game to game. I really like Fulton, and I think he's uh, one of those guys that lives up to the moment. So I think that uh, the Falcons would, would be happy with getting Christian Fulton right there. Yeah, no, I know. I think that corner very much would need. I hope C.J. Henderson's on the board, but, yeah, Fulton would be. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's there for the Cowboys, but. <laughs> yeah. So now number 17, we have the Dallas Cowboys, which will be our last pick on here. We're not going to go through all 32. I mean, that just take way too long. Um, Dallas, I'm taking Vlavon Chissin from uh, Edge Rusher from LSU. I just think it makes a whole lot of sense to go ahead and replace Robert Quinn. I think they need to get to the quarterback, and this will help them out. I mean, Dallas has a good bit of needs, just like Atlanta, they need to address. But I think a pass rusher at this level, you got to go ahead and take him. Yeah, and so this is kind of a heart pick instead of a pick from the mind. Um, I I mean, if Grant Delpit is still on the board, I would just love for the Cowboys to get him right here. We've been needing a safety for years. I've been putting up with Jeff Heath, and he's finally gone. And, you know, a lot of Cowboys are kind of split in the middle with Jeff Heath. A lot of people think he overproduced. He played better than, you know, he was paid, which I, I could agree with that, but... He's terrible in pass coverage, and I'm tired of seeing him taking terrible angles. We need a safety, and if Grant Telpitt's there, then I think it's a no-brainer. Um, you know, we also need a corner, but you know, we went. In, I don't. We went out and got a guy. You know, we have other picks, so I think you got to go get the best player available right here, and I think that's Grant Delpit. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't believe, honestly, that we have players as good as Xavier McKinney and Grant Delpit <laughs> yeah. not even going in the top 17. I mean, these guys are absolute freaks of nature. I mean, this draft is just so stacked offensively. I think most of these teams are going to go get their offensive help, but they could be wrong. But, I mean, it's it's so stacked up with offensive players. Loki, though, I'd rather have McKinney than Delpit. But, I mean, I don't think you can really go wrong either way. Both those guys Yeah, and it's, it's kind of a, you know, who fits in what system better. Um, and I think the other thing about this first half of the first round is we see a lot of offensive linemen coming off the board. And I don't necessarily think even half these guys have the talent that, you know, a guy like Xavier McKinney, any guy, guys like that. Um, but I think it's just we're seeing such a trend in the NFL of teams picking uh, positions that are universally needed. Everybody always needs a line. Like that's just something that is always, you know, kind of on a, in a shortage in the NFL. So, you know, you have positions like that that go off the board maybe before they necessarily should, but that's just the way the draft goes. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Plus, I really think that these are some of the best wide receivers we've seen in the draft. And I think a lot of these teams that are missing a wide receiver like that, I mean, these guys are so good. I think you have to go out and get them because these are the type of wide receivers that would demand, you know, Julio Jones, like like Odell Beckham type free agency money. So I think you have to go out now and get them while they're young and pair them with whatever you had. I mean, this is going to be a fun draft, though. I definitely think that there's going to be some trades. Like, I really don't think two is going to make it all the way to the fifth pick. Yeah, no, I mean, I obviously don't. I'm going yeah. number two, but... Yeah, I really don't think he's going to, but for me, I don't know. I, I like how you did the trades on your mock draft. Whenever I do mock drafts, though, I just go ahead and just do them all in order just because I'm like, there's going to be so many random trades. There's no possible I way mean, of actually... Yeah, Yeah, no, there isn't, but it's, you know, it's fun to play around. I, I, and I really do feel great about that, uh, about that Dolphins-Redskins trade. I just think it makes sense. You can't really find a flaw in it. You know, I mean, obviously, the Redskins could possibly want more than... Dan Snyder's an idiot. Who knows? He's probably telling them Chase Young at all costs. Who knows? So, But I just think it makes sense from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, no. Before, So before we get out of here real quick, guys, I have a bonus. So I read a little, made a little post on Instagram earlier, and I said, give me some stuff you all want me to talk about later on this week. I was going to do a little mailbag podcast, but... Actually, my boy at Jeff Veggies tweet, uh, commented, and he said he wanted to hear my mock draft. The Packers, which I know is his team, he's a diehard Packers fan, is not on my uh, is not in the top seventeen, but I will include them on here just for him. Um, I think the Packers need have two big needs here. They need to be able to stop the run. I mean, especially after watching Raheem Mostert run the ball all over them, I think that became a very evident need. And then I also think they need another wide receiver to complement Devontae Adams. I didn't think that they really have the depth there especially losing Geronimo Allison. Um, I'm not sure if I would want to use the 30th pick in the draft, though, on LaVisca Shellnut or Denzel Mims from Baylor. I think both those guys are really good receivers. I'm just not sure. I feel like it's just kind of a reach getting them there. I would lean more towards Patrick Queen or um, Murray, linebacker, Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma. I think Murray is, is going to be a very good next-level player. I mean, he ran around all – he was the only defensive player worth a flip on the entire Oklahoma team. He ran around and made plays all over the field at the middle linebacker position. I think he would be excellent in the Green Bay Packer uniform, and I think he would make a lot of big-time plays for them. So that's who I have going here. Yeah, so actually for the Packers, I, I do have LaVisca Chanel. Okay. I, I agree. It's it's 
it's a risk. Um, but I think that he could pair really well with a guy like Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, very physical, great route runner. Um, and I think that would help open up space. I feel like LaVisca Chanel needs space in order to be effective in the NFL. You know, he's a quick, speedy guy, um, quick burst. So I think that that could be a good falling spot for him. But if Kenneth Murray is there, I think that that's an automatic pick. Um, he really reminds me of Deion Jones, the kind of guy that plays sideline to sideline, and he's aggressive, not afraid to plug up. Rush holes. the passer too. Yeah, he can do it all. So he's very versatile. I think that they would love to have him right there. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I mean, that's how stacked this draft is—the fact that Kenneth Murray could still be on the board right there. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, if I was the Packers, I would love to see him trade up in the second round to get mid. Or get sh- or get Chenault. I'd rather see him use that first pick though on Queen or Murray to to bolster that uh, run defense. But Kyle, appreciate you coming on once again. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was fun, man. Hey, for sure. And later on this week, we'll probably do some uh, draft hypotheticals. You know, some things that we think we'll see in the first round, rather than you know general overview. And we'll probably do some best players per position as well. So just trying to put as much out there as possible to get ready for this draft, since that's the only thing we know that's coming. But appreciate everyone for tuning in, and we'll see y'all later.